In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This uh, preparation for Christmas that we do as a whole culture can be a little confusing because it's crowded with so many characters and so many things to do. If we tried to juggle it all at once, why, it would be complicated. I think children, with the song and with stories, they have to deal with characters of Advent, namely Frosty the Snowman and... (laughs) The uh, red-nosed reindeer Rudolph, you know him, and Santa, of course. And there's a new character, new new for me anyway. He's very quiet. He sits on a shelf, but he's very busy at night. Maybe you know about that one, too. For us who come to altar and to scripture every Sunday, what Advent introduces is much simpler than that host of characters. It is a message of uh, John the Baptist and a message of Mary. John the Baptist brings the whole tradition of the prophets, and he caps off the old covenant and introduces the new. And it is through Mary very profoundly through this experience she has with the angel Gabriel that that new covenant is introduced. And so we have today this, this feeling of uh, the, the prophet's words signaling that now is the time for the word to be made flesh. The great figures of Advent are John the Baptist and Mary. We have been fortunate in recent weeks to learn in church of the benefit of anticipating God's judgment. Indeed, the value of pulling the impact of the great judgment into the present to mold and to shape our ways to shape our choices in the present and to make a big difference for our lives and in the lives of others. This is our way, a sure way, of not missing out on the blessing that is ours and the blessing that can be for those around us. I was uh, fortunate to have kind of a one-two punch this uh, Advent time of a rather modern uh, Christmas tale, Charles Dickens. The one-two punch came in the forms of Hollywood and the theater. In Hollywood, there's a new sort of Dickens twist zeroing in on Charles Dickens and the, and the, the serious struggle that he had even writing this Christmas carol, doing it for money, but as it turns out, it had a much greater effect than getting him out of the debt that he was mounting. I guess the simplest way to put the story of a Christmas carol is that there uh, is a man who is missing out, drastically missing out, and by his missing out, He is having others miss out 
on amazing blessings that he doesn't know anything about. Ebenezer Scrooge was really cheating himself. His stinginess uh, was a way of cheating himself of the blessings that life could be for him. Life wound up being stingy for him on joy. And in order to reverse this, it took a, a great effort. He was fortunate to have some visitors, kind of like Old Testament prophets, but they were, they were figures that were fitting for him and his life. The reversal for Ebenezer Scrooge was to begin to understand the enormous value of being generous with others. And that opened the flow of the chance for joy to be in his own life. It took some doing. He had a visit from the ghost of Marley, his uh, partner, and then three rather amazing specters, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and things to come. I love this Marley character who comes to him almost like the prophets do, warning about the great judgment and what a problem it will be for him, just like it was a problem for Marley. He gives the benefit of his suffering to Ebenezer as a warning to Ebenezer Scrooge. Listen to how profoundly he puts this. Now, we jump into the dialogue at a time when, when uh, Ebenezer is trying to talk himself into thinking, maybe everything will be all right. Maybe you weren't so bad, Marley. After all, you were a good businessman. And he's thinking of his own hopeful possibilities. Here, here's where we jump in. But you were always... A good man of business, Jacob, faltered Scrooge who, now began, Scrooge, who now began to apply this to himself. Business, cried the ghost, wringing his hands again. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. It held its chain at arm's length as if that were all the cause of its unveiling grief and flung it heavily to the ground again. Why did I not walk through the crowds of fellow beings with my eyes up? Raised, not turned down. They should have been raised to them, to that blessed star which led the wise men to poor abode. Were there no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me? In his lament and his if only, and why didn't I? He's already beginning Scrooge's lesson in how to take the judgment seriously, pull it into the present, and make adjustments 
to his own life so that he stops missing out. He's already missed so much. And he has the chance to turn it around. And don't we all have that chance when we, in fact, take the judgment and make it today's message for every day that we can be benefit ourselves by thinking of applying it to the day that is ours. John the Baptist, when he says, prepare, he's really knowing that he is part of the great preparation for the introduction of the Savior who will bring in a new flow of generosity, of love, and joy. He picks up the words of Isaiah that were our pro prophecies today. And he talks about how this preparation is a way of filling up the low places and shaving off the high places and straightening out all the crooked ways and preparing for the road that the Lord will come in on. So that is how John the Baptist can get into our life in the here and now this Advent and be a clear voice in the wilderness for us to make straight the highway of God into our lives. What he introduces there is the opening of the salvation of all. And it all starts in a very profound and mysterious way with this young woman, Mary, into Mary's life and existence comes a messenger from God, Gabriel by name. The angel of the Lord comes to her. And this too can be a figure that ignites for us a chance for us to see our own moments of annunciation. Because it is not just to Mary that the Lord comes to say, will you, will you bear the Christ into the world? Think about that. We're coming back to it because this is our chance. I think that you've already had, that's my guess, and you will continue to have moments in your life when you feel God coming to you in this way to get you to understand your role in the unfolding salvation of God in this world. You are part of God's ways of getting the good news out. I was really struck by the poetry of the conservationist, actually, Edwin Muir, as he reflected upon this profound experience of Mary with Gabriel. Listen here. See, they have come together. See, while the destroying minutes flow, each reflects the other's face till heaven in hers and earth in his shine steady there. 
But through the endless afternoon, these neither speak nor movement make, but stare into their deepening trance, as if their gaze would never break. What strikes me in this is the moment that there is. And what I'm suggesting is that you can have the, this clarity of moment in your own way, where God visits you in one way or another. And it could be through any number of ways where you have this I and thou encounter with the holy. Not to elevate you, but to show you that God's message to you is you are God's favored one. And will you be one who helps continue to make the word flesh in the situation of your own life. Well, these visitors that come to us and straighten us out to have a good Christmas, they're ongoing. We're glad for the visit of John the Baptist and the visit of Mary and Mary's visit from Gabriel. So let us now hear from them all because he is coming who is the salvation of the world. I will close with these words from, gosh, the ancient church, a bishop on the island of Crete, Andrew, he is coming, who is everywhere and present and pervades all things. He is coming to achieve in you his work of universal salvation. He is coming who came to call to repentance, not the righteous, but sinners. Coming to recall those who have strayed into sin. Do not be afraid. God is in the midst of you. And you shall not be shaken. Receive him with outstretched hands. For it was on his own hands that he sketched you. Receive him who laid your foundations on the palms of his hands. Receive him, for he took upon himself all that belongs to us except sin, to consume what is ours in what he is. Be glad. Glorify him for his mercy. Rejoice exceedingly, for your light has come.